It's a joy from Shirley and myself to be here for this wonderful service today. And thank you. I've already been blessed so much by everything that's happened in this service, that marvelous anthem. Thank you so much. I met Charlene uh, this week, and uh, of course, I wrote her a letter when she became senior pastor here, and she wrote a note to me, and I'm so grateful to have met her, and, and that's been a joy, too. You know, I came to this town as a freshman, and I was 17 years old when I came to Cal. Uh, I graduated four years later, and during that time, I came to know Jesus Christ, and through this church, it's happened. Arba Hudgens invited me to a Bible study group right down the street at Barrington Hall, and I became a believer. And then I decided to be a pastor, and I went to Princeton. Then I started my career in Seattle, a little history now. I met my wife, Shirley, there, and we had a daughter, Anne, born there, who's here with me today. And then we went off to Manila. After six years, I was a pastor at Union Church of Manila. We had a marvelous time there. And two more children added to our family, John and Elizabeth. And then we all came to Berkeley, back to home. And that was a 21-year stint as senior pastor in this church. And it was also life-changing for us. And our children grew up in Berkeley, uh, all three of them. Well, but there, there are more things that happened. Went to, I was called back to University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, where I had been a youth pastor. And then uh, we, had, we ended up with eight grandchildren. So we have done very well. We are so grateful. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, finished our ministry in Seattle and had two years at National Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. And then just the joy of, of having a ministry uh, to come uh, around the world, really, but once a year, since I left Berkeley, I've always been involved with New College Berkeley and did one class, and that's the reason we're here this week, too, is that I have that class on Saturday right here in this church. So I have such a warm and uh, joyous relationship with this church. I have a text for you today. It's a wonderful text, a short text. It's by St. Paul. His last book, the last book he wrote, is to a young man named Timothy. Timothy uh, becomes one of his uh, followers. He becomes a pastor under Paul, travels with Paul, and Paul decides to write his last letter. He didn't know probably it would be his last letter, but it is. He's a prisoner now, Paul is, in Rome. And the fire of Rome caused great persecution to the church. And Paul is there. And Timothy has been sent by Paul to carry on ministry in Ephesus and bring letters to Ephesus. And that's where Paul now writes a letter to him. And that letter has a few verses at the beginning that are just so moving. And I want to commit them to all of us today, those few verses that he writes to Timothy. Let me read it to you. Start with the third verse. 
Paul says, I'm grateful to God who I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears and the persecution that Paul, that Timothy is facing and your trials. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And then comes a very touching part. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first with your grandmother Lois. I love this connection uh, of the people in Timothy's life that Paul decides to honor. Was the, the, that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure it lives in you. And for this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. Paul was honored to be able to ordain this young man into ministry, and he knows that, that there's a gift that has been given to Timothy, and he mentions it four ways. And it's those four gifts that Paul mentions here that I want to see as something we can claim because he starts this book by saying the promise of God the promise of the gospel in Christ is the reason I can write this letter. And so he reminds them of four grand positives. There are four grand positives that God has given you, Timothy, in this time of trial, in written probably around 64 AD, in that time of trial. The first is, I'm reminded that you rekindle the gift the first is that God, it's funny, it's a positive, it's a grand positive, but he puts it negatively. God did not give you the gift of fear. The King James Bible says fear. The Revised Standard says cowardice because he uses a, a remarkable fear word. There are several fear words in the Greek language, and the word that Paul uses here is the Greek word deliria. It's it's an interesting word because it means disorientation, fear. And it's used by, by our Lord, actually, this word is used by Jesus in the Thursday night discourse when he says these wonderful words to the disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give it as the world gives, therefore let your hearts not be terrorized. And he uses the Greek word there for terror. Let it not be terrorized, but, and don't let them be afraid. And then the word deliria is used. Don't let, your, don't let your lives be disoriented by the, 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 the trials you're facing. We all face trials, and there are severe trials that many people face. And in the first century, they, they all faced severe trials. We're seeing severe trials in our world today. So this first gift of Paul is really good. The first gift is that God did not give us a spirit of deliria, of disorientation from the terror. But he gave us now. N notice the next. But he gave us not terror, uh, but not, not disorienting fear, but he gave us not that, but he gave us 
strength. Strength is the next word that he mentions. And then he gave us the strength of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling. So now listen to this again. Not the spirit of, of disorientation, but rather the spirit of strength and of love and the RSV says of self-discipline. Actually, power, strength, and then of love. And the word for self-discipline is, uh, it is a safe mind, a healthy mind. Sophrono means a safe, healthy mind. So here are these grand positives. Not disorienting fear, but of strength to withstand and to stand strong. And love. And then finally, a healthy mind. Those are the four gifts that Paul makes a mention of. It's interesting that the first not disorienting fear is followed by the strength to stand. Paul, in the book of Ephesians, gives us tremendous uh, insight into that strength. He ends the book of Ephesians, which was a book written just shortly before he wrote the letter to Timothy. He says these words in the sixth chapter, finally be strong in the Lord. This is where Paul makes a big point of strength. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his power so that you may be able to stand firm. And then Paul creates a kind of model, a kind of uh, description of what that strength would look like, that you can stand firm. And he uh, does it with a, a kind of an analogy called the whole armor of God, that you can stand firm in the midst of, this, of the trials that you have, fastened with the belt of truth around your waist. And then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, which gives you freedom to, to protect the center part of your body. Shoes for your feet, put them on so that they can make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the flaming darts of the evil one and then take the helmet of salvation for your head because the head is the part of your body you have to protect the most in times of trial and the sword of the spirit which is, and now he doesn't talk about a steel sword, not a sword of war, but a sword of peace. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God's love, and then pray. That's the famous whole armor of God that describes for Paul what is this strength that God gives us. And so he says to Timothy, that strength that I put in the Ephesian letter, and by the way, Paul writes to Timothy, who is kind of the bishop of Ephesus, when he gets the letter to Timothy, he's already got the letter written to the Ephesians where Paul tells 
about strength. So God has given us not a spirit of disorienting fear, but a spirit of strength to be able to stand with the belt of truth around us that holds everything together, and then the, sh the shield of righteousness. The, the, the righteousness is the word for justification and also uh, reconciliation that can give you room and handle the forgiveness of your sins so that you're able to be able to stand. And then for your feet, you need something, and that is the shoes that can share the good news. And then faith that'll, like a shield would, that will protect you from the fiery darts of the evil one. And then the helmet of salvation for your head so that you can think clearly. And then he says, and the sword, but it's the sword of the Spirit of God, the love of God, and pray for me, Paul said. And that is the strength that Paul is talking about, and Timothy hears it. He gives us then, not disorienting fear, but the, the strength to stand, and then that unforgettable uh, whole armor of God will ring in Timothy's ears, and then love. Love in the New Testament is always an event word. Love is what Jesus said and what he did. They're inseparable. And by the way, in the book of James, James makes them inseparable for us too. Our faith and our works have got to go together. What we believe, we've got to act out. So love is the next wonderful grand positive that Paul gives to Timothy. The love that is active, the love that is not only what we say, but what we do. It has that kind of uh, realism to it. You know that when I was senior pastor here in this church, I had a, there was a parish associate who joined us in this church, and he, uh, his name was Bob St. Clair. And Bob St. Clair prayed often the prayer of the people in this pulpit and then at my request all those prayers were published by Bob and I want to read part of one of those prayers that he gave uh, in, from this pulpit Bob St. Clair our beloved uh, parish associate uh, that during my time here as a pastor Bob said expand our lungs for deep breaths of precious air Expand our hearts for deep feelings, heart-pounding excitement, loud singing either on or off key, and love-filled passion besides. That sounds like Bob St. Clair. Expand our minds, O oh God, to keep company with great thoughts. There's the head that has the helmet on it. Uh, expand our minds, O oh God, to keep company with great thoughts, whether or not we understand them so that sooner or later we shall be amazed when we say something original. <laughs> and then, I love this, picture Jesus, the carpenter to us, the man of the people, so that we can do something for the weak, someone bored, or grieving, or lonely, or sick, or lost, or just needing a friend, anything for someone beside ourselves. 
And that's love that not only believes, but acts. And then Bob ends this way. Grant us to cooperate with the circling times and seasons, O Lord, from winter to harvest, giving you high praise for it all, so that when this life is over, we can say with a satisfied smile that we lived it in Jesus' name. I think that's Paul's prayer for Timothy. Those are the grand positives. Bob St. Clair kind of put all the grand positives there together. Not disorienting fear, but strength, strength to stand, but love that is active, love that is word and work inseparable. I owe that to Karl Barth. It's a great Karl Barth breakthrough in his theology. It's the secret to Barth's theology is that he saw that the love of Christ and the acts of Christ are inseparable. That's the importance of Jesus of Nazareth. We have Jesus of Nazareth because we then can know what love is like. And he goes on ahead of us. And then finally, a mind that can think clearly. A mind that is able to be, uh, to be wise, to be moderate, to uh, be able to think thoughts and uh, see what's happening and see it all under the, under the faithfulness and the love and the guidance of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, in a way, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give, not like the world gives it, Therefore, let not your hearts be terrorized. Let them not be disoriented, but follow me. And as a matter of fact, that Thursday night discourse, he then begins it by saying, I will not leave you orphans. I will send the Holy Spirit to guide you, to strengthen you, and to remind you of everything I have taught you. And that's Paul's text for us today. Heavenly Father, thank you for this simple text of these grand positives that we can lay hold of and that we can, we can by your grace, experience and share. Lord, th thank you for the time we live right now for Berkeley, for its ministry in this church. And for young men and women studying in this great school. And Lord, may we be a place that shares the truth of the gospel. That we have the belt of truth around us. And the good news of the gospel. We'll, we're, we're able to run with our feet to share that good news with this generation too. Beginning with our own. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.